Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that is not going to embarrass you by by coming up in the new headlines on Monday morning, and I think you know what I mean by that if you've been following the financial news this year with uh, with uh, several big bank failures. Um, and you, if, if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any, any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way, it's a place where people like answer their own phone. Imagine that uh, when you're talking about uh, the way some of the mega banks work. Um, give Renaissance a try. I think you'll be uh, glad you did. Go to renaissancebank.com to learn more and uh, check them out. Find one of their 200 lo- uh, local offices and give them a call. And I think you'll be uh, delighted that you did. I've, I have been delighted and so have my clients. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And with that build up to Renaissance Bank, speaking of Renaissance Bank, Chip Jertson is with us. Chip is with Renaissance Bank. He's a uh, SBA senior banker with Renaissance. Chip, welcome. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Yeah. So let's uh, give everyone a little introduction to you and your work. How are you serving folks out there? Well, John, we are a conduit for business owners to take their business and their ideas and their dreams to the next step. Mm. And we do it in a way that's engaged and personal. Mm -hmm. And we give them the best advice and and a defined pathway for them to grow that we know of and do it. So do it in a way that's engaging Mm -hmm. and personable and detailed. Mm. And so for, I want to get into more of some of what you talked about in terms of how you do what you do, but in terms of the, the, uh, the product, let's say, um, you're an SBA lender, so we're talking about small business administration for those that don't know. Um, what, 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 first of all, talk about your interest in that area. I mean, you, you've been in banking a while. Why SBA lending? What, what do you enjoy about that work? That's a great question. The starting out, uh, I was working in downtown Atlanta mm. in the 1990s and Worked for another bank, and it was a great opportunity for me there. And we had not done any business lending of any consequence since the Olympics down there in that local market. Mm. And I was able to do some things that heretofore had not not happened in that market. And to this day, the first business loan I did and closed that and that business is thriving mm. and is a large part of downtown Atlanta. Oh, wow. And this was an SBA loan. This was not an SBA loan. Oh, okay. But that got you, that, that, wet, that whetted your appetite. Huh? That whetted my appetite. <laughs> it took quite a while because yeah. I really didn't have a complete, complete understanding what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. But at the time it's felt like the right thing to do. 
And post-Olympics, it was provided quite a lift to the district that, the, or fairly popular district where the business is located. Mm. Yeah, the, it, it, it's terrific to drive by and see the, the the part you played, I guess, then reflect on that, right? Yes. When you see people lined up outside the door of the of the facility downstairs, downtown, mm-hmm. and here it is in 2023, it's 26 years later. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. So why SBA loans for you? You got into SBA lending when? Uh, started in 2001. Okay. So you've been at it a minute or two. And came, came into it almost from the side as a result of some opportunities that were created as a result of some mergers inside the bank I was working for. Gotcha. And it just went from there. Mm-hmm. So I've been exposed to quite a bit in the SBA universe, but also have the retail banking experience, wholesale banking experience, um, private banking experience, and commercial banking experience. But SBA provides a unique challenge and opportunity every time you pick up the phone or meet somebody mm. or, or answer an email inquiry. Everyone has it's everybody you speak to is is going to be different. It's not like commercial lending where you pretty much have a wash, rinse, repeat kind of cycle with your with your existing clients and borrowers. Mm. Because for the most part, they're established businesses. Whereas in SBA lending, you have some established businesses, but well more than 50% are going to be new businesses or businesses that are less than five years old. Mm. Got it. So you... you sounds like to me you get some satisfaction in in really helping from that first loan on even though that wasn't an SBA loan you get some real satisfaction from helping take businesses that are early in their in their maturity take them to the next level that's that's absolutely correct mm-hmm. and it's very satisfying yeah and we try to look at this from a complete circle in a holistic way you know, what's the best route for this business to grow? Have they, have they considered everything? Are they going in the right direction? Do they have the right team of advisors? Are they, are they receiving the appropriate level of service Mm -hmm. that they need, not only at their bank, but from their CPA, their legal advisor, engineers, whomever they're working with. Sure. And it's, it calls on, Everything that you know, everything that I know about business and people, and it really comes down to that. It's it is a people people oriented uh, pursuit to get this to get these across the finish, get these borrowers to the finish line that they want to be, where they want to be. Folks, we're chatting with Chip Jertson. Chip is a SBA senior banker at Renaissance Bank. Uh, so, Chip, let's. Let's do some basic definition for those that really maybe you've heard the term or maybe they haven't, but uh, need to have some a basic grounding into what we're talking about. So just describe the what an SBA loan is and how it gets made because that how the how it gets made really helps the borrower understand what's going on behind the curtain, right? Right, right. So going back 
the SBA was started in the 1950s and it's positioned as a way for a bank to take on additional risk to help a non-traditional business borrower who needs access to capital, doesn't have the traditional uh, financial history, mm-hmm. uh, business history, or finan- or assets to pledge against the bank, pledge against a bank loan. Mm-hmm. So the bank, any bank, and it's the same at, at any bank or a financial institution, decides to make a loan based on the business owner's application, mm-hmm. what kind of collateral they offer, and what their what their outcome looks like. And the SBA provides the bank an additional layer of security in making the loan to the business. So if, let's just use this for an example. Say we have a business that needs a million dollars for acquisition of a building mm-hmm. and needs some equipment, maybe some working capital to expand. They've been paying rent on a, on a lease for a long time, say five plus years, and they've decided to make the transition from renting their own space to owning their own space for whatever reason it might be. Mm-hmm. So the if with a owner would come, so if we had a purchase price of a million dollars on a particular commercial property that the business owner was satisfied with, it was going to be going to take going to take the take and look at owning for a long period of time the SBA lending path provides some different different uh, opportunities to leverage their capital mm. number one is a lower down payment or equity injection two the term of the loan is going to be much longer than a traditional bank loan, which usually ends at five years for mo- for most banks in the United States, when then you have to essentially renew that particular loan. So you have an opportunity for the business owner to buy into their own property, start accumulating equity in that property, growing the balance sheet of their business, and building wealth. So... What what we're really talking about at its base is these are loans that the bank wouldn't make otherwise, really. I mean, uh, or if they did, they the the terms might be a lot more onerous than than they are with an SBA loan. Correct. Yeah. This this is essentially outside the credit box, right, or profile that a bank would con- would generally consider mm-hmm. com- being comfortable with. Sure, and and so and the, the whole intent behind this is. For uh, newer businesses, businesses that don't have the same kind of history, that don't have the same um, established lending relationships that big companies do. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. So let's let's talk about the, uh, I guess, some of the basics of 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 when a company should consider uh, an SBA loan or. Someone that's even starting a business should consider an SBA loan, SBA loan because I'm I'm assuming that if you're that that's an option if you're starting a business as well. It is an option. The startup uh, startup financing is an option. Mm-hmm. It is it is more difficult to attain 
and to be approved in. Just because you don't have a history. Correct. Okay. And there are additional hurdles um, related to that. Mm -hmm. For example, if somebody was a had a background in medical equipment design Mm -hmm. and technology. We'd have a hard time if they decided to go into mushroom farming. (laughs) I I mean, let's just be candid. Well, you might have a hard time with anybody in mushroom farming, given the way some of these mushrooms are. But anyway, that's another subject. (laughs) You make me laugh. That's funny. Uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, so I get that. Yeah, so you you've got to have a demonstrated history in in industry, and you're going to have to probably bring some of your own assets to right. make it easier. Correct. Yeah, and it, and it yeah. at least needs to rhyme with what you're doing. There you go. It okay. doesn't have to be perfect. Okay. And we're going to roll a lot of the responsibility for understanding how that business could succeed to our partners at the University of Georgia Small Business Development Centers mm. that are across the state. All right. I mean, there's one right here in Alpharetta. Uh, Georgia State, well, at the Georgia State campus, uh, there's one over in Kennesaw. There's one in Lawrenceville that's part of the UGA team in in Lawrenceville. Mm-hmm. I believe there's, gosh, I I think there's 19. Yeah, they're the all over the place, and and they're not. I mean, we've had uh, guests from uh, uh, SBDC here in the studio, and uh, the biggest problem with SBDC is it's not used enough. That's the biggest problem. They're an absolute gem mm-hmm. to work with they the are experience of the individuals that are teamed in with the spdc is extraordinary yeah they have most of them are well into their business careers they've decided to do what stop and change course for whatever reason mm-hmm. they all have advanced degrees in one area or another and they they understand what it takes to provide rational projections via industry data that they mm-hmm. have access to that is just generally not available because it's mostly subscription-based. Right, right. So it provides us as a lender, and it should provide the prospective business owner or borrower a level of comfort and understanding, hey, you know, this is something we can do, or hey, I need to rethink this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you are not, if you're a new business and you have not taken advantage of SBDC, go check them out. Um, I want, I want to kind of pivot if, if we can toward existing businesses and their use of SBA loans. And there have been some recent policy guideline changes that you've uh, pointed to that you think are significant that business owners should be aware of. Talk about those. Will do. So the SBA has a operating guideline. It's called the SOP, mm-hmm. and it's just like any other business operations plan. Mm-hmm. It's full of legal legal language, all kinds of not, we you may not, cannot, do not mm-hmm. uh, types of guidelines in them. However, mm-hmm. over the last say several years, there's been a real hue and cry to reduce this and streamline this and add some brevity to the to the process. And just recently in April, 
well, at the beginning of May, the SBA has rolled out a long-awaited revision to the standard operating procedure policies. And as I said prior to us starting the conversation, they've lo- they've dropped the number of pages in the document by a third, mm. which is that's that's all right for a government entity. Yeah, I was going to say that's going the other way relative to most yeah, government usually entities. It's, yeah. Usually, it's the other direction, <laughs> right? So we've got we've we've got a an agency that is acknowledging the fact that it pay, plays a significant role in the advancement of business mm-hmm. in the United States, growing business, new business, and existing businesses, and with an emphasis here in the last several years on in the conversations that been had in the press and probably in boardrooms and in call, wherever people get together in and speak about business is how are we going to bring back what's left our shores over the last 40 years? Sure. And this is part of it. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can make a, as a bank and all the, and anybody, any bank that is, participating in this or credit union or whomever is a lender that uses the SBA program, they can make a difference for the overall business health of the, and wealth mm-hmm. of our nation. Yeah. This is a very positive, positive change. And the, there's of course discord among some regulatory agencies. And there's been some arguments back and forth and the, Congress and the the oversight uh, groups that are part of this, all right? And there's always there's always going to be disagreement, mm-hmm. but it it is progress, and it's not it's pro, it's not progress for the sake of progress. It is meaningful. Well, one of the pretty meaningful pieces of this that you and I were talking about before we came on the air is the acquisition and sale of businesses. So, talk about the 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 uh, changes that have been made there that you see are very significant uh, for businesses that are looking and business owners that are looking to transition. Can do. So previously, the SBA's operating policy for business acquisitions, ownership transitions, was an all or nothing language. This was if you had a business you wanted to sell, it was all of it. You can sell part of it and stay and retain an ownership stake in it. Mm -hmm. And this was literally handcuffing privately held businesses because generally you don't have access. These businesses don't have access to private equity uh, funding or uh, non-standard type lending. So if, for example, if, and I use this, I'll use the same example I used prior to coming on the air. Say if you have a plumbing a plumbing business that's been in the family for two generations. Mm-hmm. So you have the founder, husband and wife, and you have an aunt and uncle who are part of the ownership team. And then you have the owner's wife, uh, son and daughter who are part of the ownership team. And you have six six individuals who have joined together and are working as a working as a group uh, ownership group and they they're doing well however as people age out and this specific, specifically 
speaks to the boomer generation, there's an opportunity, there's people change. And there are times when certain parties need to exit or desire to exit for whatever reason. Yeah. And this, this change in the policies through the, via the SBA would allow, say, the aunt and uncle to exit, sell their stake in the business to the remaining four partners, mm. whereas previously it was an all or nothing. Yeah. And, and so to, to um, extend that example, so aunt and uncle own, let's say, uh, 15% of a business, then the business itself can get an SBA loan to buy their interest back. Right. Correct. Um, or individual owners of the business can also get an SBA loan potentially. Again, cre- credit issues that that have to it's po- it's get, get, get cleared. Yeah, but but they could take an SBA loan in order to buy that interest to buy that and that percentage of the right. business entity. Yeah. So that's a pretty big deal from uh, relative to what was possible before. Correct. Yeah. So the the using SBA loans in exit uh, planning, exit transition has got the the field has suddenly widened significantly in terms of what options business owners have. Correct. Mm-hmm. And it's it it should transmit into a change in the velocity of ownership changes. Right. If you follow me correctly. Yeah. That's, and that will be good. Yeah, because we've got a whole backlog, it seems like, of businesses that, right, are owned by baby boomers that have not sold, that we've been waiting on for years to sell, right? For whatever reason. Right. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they keep holding, and there's all these predictions about the baby boomers going to sell their businesses, and they still don't do it. Right. right. My CPA said this. My right. aunt and uncle said this. Yeah. And, you know, my neighbor says that. Yeah. You know, it's, but this maybe clears the field mm. for some for individuals to to have another option right or another option to exit in a way that previously was not available yeah and um and it's not just family members so uh, again as we were talking before we came on the air we're talking about employees right key key employees that want to stay with the business and buy the business or gr- a group of employees correct maybe. yeah and and it could even be uh somebody from outside the business mm. wanting to say, say, you know, I really like what's going on here. Yeah. I'd like to buy into the business mm-hmm. and I can afford to buy 15% of the business. Mm-hmm. Previously that wasn't on the table. Mm. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it was an all or nothing. Right. Event. Yeah. And this is going to, this is going to allow individuals and families liquidity and it's going to allow access or egress into a business where previously it was not available. So how are the underwriting, if, if, if any difference, how, how are the underwriting standards of those kind of loans different than other SBA loans? Are they the, the, the same? It's, it's pretty much the same. Got it. I mean, there would be, you know, going back to the um, medical technology and the mushrooms kind of thing, <laughs> it, it would, it would be helpful that the individual approaching the table to buy a portion of the business had some understanding of it. Sure. Sure. That generally that makes the banker 
com- more comfortable in presenting it to the for, for approval. <laughs> right. Right. That always helps. Right. 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 And the SBA, I would assume they care too. Uh, once we approve it, uh, we're, you're, and we're a preferred lender. Okay. Um, it's, it's pretty much done. Okay. But yes, if there ever was any kind of difficulty or dilemma with the existing business and the loan was in question as to whether it was performing or not, mm-hmm. and the SBA was called to the table, and if you'd done something incorrectly, like I said, going back to the disparate, you know, disparate pursuits, uh, that question would be raised. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you individuals decide that this was the appropriate decision to make for this borrower? Got it. Okay. Um, you mentioned being a Renaissance being a preferred lender. What does that mean? And what's the advantage to, uh, SBA uh, loan borrowers that hear that term? It just, it, without getting into the details, it just provides a more streamlined process. If you're, if you're not a preferred lender, then you not, you not only have to approve it internally as a credit request, then it would then go to the SBA. So mm-hmm. there's a secondary layer of approval. Got it. Got it. Um, so it makes the whole process a little speedier. Speedier and less, there's just less delay all the way through. Right. You're essentially adding a two to three week window onto the back end of the approval process. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the types of businesses that are fits for you in terms of what you're looking at. Describe, uh, do you have particular industries, sizes? What What are you looking at? There really aren't any. There there are few restrictions on what we what we can look at. There are some, and we could talk chapter and verse about those, but we don't have time to do that. But the general the the general profile would be an operating company that has is a service provider a professional skills provider, mm-hmm. a manufacturer. Uh, it could be anything in that falls within the, that realm that has had a successful track record financially and the owners are, or owner is desiring to continue to grow and has an idea or has a desire to, to move into a different arena. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you an example right now. So we have um, borrower approach us uh, several uh, approach us several months ago that has worked in a specialty uh, construction area that has been doing very well for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And after some consideration, they've decided to expand their product offering. And it's going to requ- it's going to require a significant amount of equipment to both stationary and moving equipment to provide that service. Mm. And those are the types of borrowers that are of real interest to any kind of lender that has an that does SBA lending. Mm-hmm. And the equipment could be it could be computer equipment, it could be concrete mixers, it could be. Uh, Landscaping equipment could be any number of things, but as long as there is a track record of of in an existing business that's providing a service that shows growth and profitability, understands their market, 
and has a desire to continue to expand, we want to talk to them. Mm. Got it. So let's let's uh, talk about maybe a success story that illustrates the great work you're doing at Renaissance Chip. You don't have to mention names, of course, but just uh, describe a situation that's uh, illustrative of your sure talent. We'll we'll use something from the last six months. The and we'll go back to the business acquisition okay. side. Okay. Here. So, and this is prior to the change, but this illustrates what can be done. So we have a business that has four partners in it, two majority partners and two minority partners. Mm. The two minority partners wanted to sell their share back to the majority partners. So the majority partners held 40% and the minority partners each, mind you, and the minority partners each held 10%. So they wanted to, each one of those individuals wanted to sell their 10% share back to the majority partner. Mm -hmm. And we were able to execute on that in, from time, the first time we sat down and spoke to the time we went to the closing table was just over two months. Oh, wow. And there was some, you know, this is an out-of-state Mm-hmm. You had out-of-state individuals, right? And multiple, you know, multiple pieces of collateral involved, and we were able to execute on that within two months. And I assume private company with with valuations that have to be done and that, that kind of thing. Yeah, Correct. so that takes some time. And the valuation, so. and, the, and that's another part of the process mm-hmm. in, that we should mention is mm-hmm. that if we do have a. Uh, business approach us for sale or acquisition, we're going to do an external valuation done by a third-party CPA firm mm. on the business that's in question okay. to get an understanding, a clear, unadulterated understanding of what the business is valued at. Mm-hmm. And then we can work into that, work into that number. Got it. So, uh, Chip, as we wind down here, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask uh, why Renaissance? I mean, there are a lot of a lot of banks out there that do SBA lending. This is not uh, uh, unique to Renaissance. I mean, there are thousands of banks that literally that do do it. Why why Renaissance from your perspective? Well, the, the bank is sell in its in and of itself is unique in the mar- in the niche it works within. Mm-hmm. It is a lar- It's by definition a large bank, but it operates each area operates independently as a community bank and mm-hmm. inside the bank the SBA is part our SBA team is part of our um, part of a, a different group inside the bank with, and we have considerable autonomy mm. and each one of the business units across the bank refers in business to us across a five state footprint mm. and it's uh, it works it works well because we have individuals in each market who have been there for usually more than 10 years and they know who their customer is mm. and they know what's going on going on in their community and they're accessible. And that makes a huge difference for us. If we receive somebody who is a referral from an internal banking partner mm-hmm. And they say, you know, I banked these folks for eight years, and here's where they here's where they started, and here's where they are now, and they they think they need to talk to you. That makes all the difference in the world. 
Yeah, and what you're um, what you're saying in a nice way that I'll I'll be more um, explicit about is that uh, when you have that relationship on the front end of the bank, um, it's a whole lot of easy it, as opposed to you know the kind of the mega bank experience where you really don't have a relationship with someone um, on the, on the front lines of the bank Um, or that maybe that's that person is um, uh, well, you just don't have that same sort of relationship. It makes it easier to access the rest of the bank and, and, and people like you, that's what you're saying. I think in a, in a, in a way and, and, and people come recommend it. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And most of the individuals that we have, that are associates in our, in our, our firm, our bank mm-hmm. are long-term members of the community they mm-hmm. work in. Right. It just it makes it easier all the way around when you're looking at something, looking to do something for a business and they have some type of track record and they, they don't have to necessarily work with the bank. We're always welcome to individuals or businesses that are external to us, but that yeah, the internal referral track mm-hmm. that we have is is priceless. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Great work here. Chip Jertson, folks. Chip is uh, an SBA senior banker, senior vice president with Renaissance Bank. Uh, Chip, this has been terrific. Uh, lots of great information. And I'm sure there's a lot more that you could share for folks that are interested in getting in touch. So let's give them directions on how they can do that. Easiest way to reach me is just direct office line, uh, 678-226-7534. And if I'm not in the office, it'll roll directly to my voicemail and I'll get a, um, get a ring on my, my cell phone or my mm. email and I can call you back. Terrific. So just leave a, leave a call, leave a message, and Ter- we'll get back to you. Terrific. Chip Jertson with Renaissance Bank. Chip, thank you so much for stopping in. John, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder. If you are tired of the dysfunction in your back office, you're spending too much time on administrative tasks, your bookkeeping consists of a Nike shoebox and a bunch of receipts, uh, you've got you and, and and you really need to get those financials together because Chip wants to see them right for that that loan you're looking for. Uh, well, I've got a solution. It involves picking up the phone and calling my friend S.E. Escobedo over at Office Angels, 770-442-9246. They do not just administrative tasks and bookkeeping, but they do marketing and uh, prepare presentations and uh, do social media work. They've got a lot of different uh, uh, talents in their team of angels that uh, uh, S.E. can Pick out that talent that you need and have that person fly in, get the job done, and fly out. If you'd like to know more, go to officeangels.us or just give Essie a call again at 770-442-9246. And I know what I'm talking about because I use their services and they're fantastic. And a quick reminder uh, that I've got a book coming out later this year in 2023. It's called The Price and Value Journey. Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices Using the Generosity Mindset Method. It is um, for folks that have trouble with their pricing. So if if that describes you, go to pricevaluejourney.com. You can sign up to receive updates on that, on that uh, uh, when that book comes out and uh, find other resources there as well.
And a big thank you to our listeners. We are coming up on show number 700. We have that in our sites uh, probably a little, you know, a few months from now. And uh, we've only gotten this far because of you. We've been just celebrating our seventh anniversary um, here at uh, Renaissance Bank, actually, uh, and uh, had a great time. And uh, we're excited about that work, but we're particularly excited about your support because that's how we keep going uh, in doing the work that we do. So continue to please to share the show, support the show in uh, uh, social on social media. We're North Fulton BRX on all the major social media channels. So look us up there and just a big thank you to the North Fulton community and beyond that continues to support us as we seek to be the voice of business in this region. So for my guest, Chip Jertson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.